Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the vaults of glass details that were revealed in an interview recently. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms that are out there, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. We are going to be adding new features to our network site as well. SNTRnetwork.com will be the central hub for all my shows and content, and January is going to be really awesome. So, Vault of Glass details. In a recent interview with Polygon, Joe Blackburn outlined some of the details and the philosophy about their approach to bringing back Vault of Glass to Destiny 2. Ultimately, the raid will receive what they are describing as a facelift rather than a rework. Now, this has been something we've been talking about since the Destiny content vault was announced, the DCV. The DCV was designed for them to retire content into it to make, you know, room in the game and to lower the install size as well as pull out what they call the greatest hits the first of those greatest hits to come out is vaults of glass we were told no specific date but that it would come out in year four before witch queen because witch queen would mark the beginning of year five Okay, so within this year four, we will be getting Vault of Glass. And I want to talk about what he said with respect to first the encounters. Then I want to talk about what he said about the weapons. And finally, I want to talk about how this was probably a lose lose situation. Okay, Vault of Glass at this point isn't just really an old raid. Guardians have actually come a long way since the original title launched six years ago. The game is also now on next gen consoles, which run at a higher frame per second and higher FOV as well as PC. This enables players to have better target acquisition, movement, spatial awareness, and things like that. And so the flow of these old encounters and the original vanilla game might not sort of line up with where we are. So let's just sort of read some of the commentary here. Okay, so Blackburn says, I think the ultimate goal here is to make it feel like Vault of Glass felt when the first time you did it, which is probably pretty different than if we just did a straight port of Vault of Glass. The Guardians have become significantly stronger in this amount of time. So right now, and I have said this about Destiny 1 raids, if you could transplant your Destiny 2 Guardian into Vault of Glass or Wrath of the Machine or King's Fall, it would be significantly easier. Our damage output is higher, our ability up times and our weapons, everything just has this sense of heightened strength and speed and agility, and D1 was a little bit slower and a little bit more methodical. Blackburn told Polygon the raid team responsible for Vault of Glass Remake actually went back into the original version on PlayStation 4 just to see how it felt. The team determined that Guardians would smoke this with Destiny 2 weapons and armor mods. So they actually went back and played it again in its original context and they're like, we would, if we put D2 Guardians in here, we're just going to absolutely smoke this, alright? So he said, we're definitely going to make changes to make it feel challenging like it felt before, but we don't want to go too far and make it feel like it's a different raid. I believe this is why they're using the term uh, facelift as opposed to rework. So he said, they don't want you ending an encounter and being like, well, that didn't really feel like Templar. That didn't really feel like Atheon. They're going to be faithful to the originals while adding, you know, some of that increase in challenge. So you feel as if it's like, oh, wow, this is actually tough first time going in. More than likely, they'll do that opening weekend contest modifier thing where, you know, they, they, they make it feel 
you know, a little bit more challenging than once you're at level. I do think in reading his commentary about the encounters, this adds more fuel to the fire of my argument in a previous video last week about how we need hard mode raids. Vault of Glass will be the first D1 raid to return and all Destiny 1 raids had a normal and a hard mode and I really think this is the time to do it. If you're sitting here saying we're going to smoke it, it's going to feel easy, we want to bring that sense of challenge, I I really think the best way to do that is to stagger normal hard, make, you know, make hard first and then trim it down for normal the way they did with King's Fall. I in general, whenever you're playing raids, I feel like that's a missing piece right now. Especially if you look at the Deepstone Crypt and the mods and the lack of motivation to really maximize your build and to really maximize, you know, just how strong you are. Most people are ignoring those new mods. Now, secondly, he talked about the guns uh, and there's going to be like a black bar underneath that picture uh, of Atheon's epilogue. There probably really is not a perfect solution here, okay? Because some just want Vault of Glass weapons back while others would like to see iteration and evolution. If you guys have been in here before, I have talked about how cool it would be to go into a dark future version of the Vault of Glass or go into a version of the Vault of Glass that's different and then the weapons would be, you know, clearly the inspiration or inspired by the Fatebringer. You'd be like, well, this is clearly the original Fatebringer or this is clearly, you know, uh, a version of the Fatebringer, okay? But they're they're not wanting to do that. I don't think they really had uh, a choice here that would have satisfied everybody. He said there's obviously some Destiny 2 updating to go into these perk pools. Now, that I have separated as a line because that line tells us a lot. Number one, if they're going to update the perk pools, that means these weapons will be random roll. If you remember in Destiny 1's, they were in Destiny 1 uh, raids, they were not random rolled weapons. They were static rolled weapons, with some exception in King's Fall, marginal differences between the weapons, but then you know, instead of making the cocoon perk intrinsic, cocoon took up a perk every time, and so the King's Fall weapons felt a little hamstrung, but they did have a, a margin of variance in their perks that could roll. Most weapons though, uh, Wrath, Crota, and Vogue, they were all static. So when he says this, they're going to update the perk pools. This to me communicates they're going to contextualize these weapons into the world we exist now, which is random rolls. But he goes on to say this, no one is out to create a found verdict or a fate bringer here that feels radically different than the original fate bringer, because then it just feels like we're lying to the players. Like that's not what fate bringer feels like. Everyone knows what the recoil pattern is on the gun. Everyone knows what perks they wanted. So weapons won't necessarily be one-to-one copies of what players had before, but Bungie is putting in the work to recreate guns that many players still tout as franchise favorites. So again here, you can see that, you know, this is a Polygon article. I want to give them credit. You know, Polygon interviewed Joe Blackburn. They're basically saying these weapons will look and feel as if they are the originals, but they are going to be updated to a certain degree. So much like the encounters, they are not going to be completely recreating and reworking these weapons. You're going to be able to chase the roles that you want the versions that you want so that they feel like the weapon that you remembered. I actually took a really long time to get Fatebringer and I used Vision of Confluence for forever until the Fatebringer finally dropped and you know and and I I, I look forward to feeling that gun and hoping that it it honors the weapon that I remember which leads me to my last section this is a bit of a lose-lose okay I don't actually think there's a perfect solution here 
there probably is not an approach to the DCV situation that would satisfy everyone equally. If Vault of Glass came back and was different from the bottom to the top, the encounters, the guns, the armor, you know, the, the even the layout, many people would claim, why even bother bringing it back if you're going to completely change it? Why not just give it a completely different name if from beginning to end, from the loot pool to the guns, the armor, to the encounters themselves, if it's completely different and you're just using Vault of Glass for, I guess, like what nostalgia purposes the actual rate of content itself wouldn't feel that way okay the other side of things is if you just bring it back as essentially a one-to-one match if the fights the bosses the weapons the gear all of it are exactly identical many would say you spent all this time rebuilding the raid and you made no changes improvements or iterations why not just make a new raid instead of porting this one over since we've already paid for and played this there's there's sort of two camps of thought here there i don't think there was a a, a situation here that wouldn't eventually get criticized from the community from some angle some people want it to be vault and the weapons to be vault and to honor it and to not have this dramatic difference in in feel and the loot and everything else and then others are like listen if you're going to bring it back man update it make it different make it more challenging made the make the guns a little bit different make them a little bit more spicy right I for one am excited to play Destiny 1 raids again and have the experience of getting and using the weapons and the armor also there are plenty of new players just right now with Beyond Light as well as newer players to the franchise maybe they started playing when Destiny 2 launched or for Forsaken or Shadowkeep there's a lot of players that are newer to the franchise and they've never experienced these raids from Destiny 1 so I would prefer that happy medium where I can tell it's Vogue it's honoring to it they've made some slight changes changes and some you know they've they've made they've given it that facelift to modernize it contextualize it to where we are now but it's still at its core and at its heart the fate bringer and vaults of glass i hope this means that king's fall raid and wrath of the machine are on the docket i think crota could be a dungeon for you know an exotic kind of like we did with the outbreak and the whisper and King's Fall could arrive after Witch Queen and then bring Wrath after Lightfall. I would love for those raids to be on PC with the frame rate and FOV. So we're going to go to Q&A. If you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. If you enjoy this segment, please click like and subscribe as a way to say thanks for the content. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that follow my talk about the Vault of Glass details revealed in a Polygon interview with Joe Blackburn. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any of the audio podcast versions that are out there, you can always watch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. And as with all of my content, we put all of our shows and segments at the SNTR Network website. So be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. A lot of new features coming in the new year. So our first question is from Torchwood. Do you share my concern about Bungie not being able to make Vogue challenging enough to make up for the fact that we have more powerful supers and weapons? How can they do it without fundamentally changing the encounters? Now, some of the quotes that I didn't necessarily read that would add some context here is he talked about the flow of enemies, how fast they show up, where they come from, uh, there, there's almost like if you think about it truly especially the Templar encounter there is a sluggishness uh, to the phases of the Templar encounters they they take a while to get going um, they 
there's almost like any enemies kind of are far away from you you can kind of sit back and whenever you're in an environment like that especially now you have area of effects you can put down anarchy different things to just sort of keep the enemies from ever getting close to you so there's a slowness there now i don't know if that means we want to go reckoning you know trash ad waterfall format where we just get absolutely inundated with ads but at the very least it could be on the rhythm in line with you know garden of salvation i actually think garden of salvation the ads sort of approach from far away and they're very manageable as well and they're vex vex are kind of slow they walk on straight lines i never feel like the vex are all that threatening you know i know you got leggy boys now that slam the ground and you know try and kick you in the face but you know in general i feel a similar vibe in garden of salvation the enemies are forever away and they are like around a corner. Now at the end, you know, they kind of spawn out in the middle and, you know, the the, the boss is kind of lighting you up. But I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Vaults of Glass, you can kind of stay back and, and still maintain your coverage. But what makes you sort of move are the oracles. Um, and so... I'm not, I'm not actually sure what they could do other than to increase the intensity of the fight through ad saturation, ad spawn rate, maybe the ad aggression. I always think when you have, you know, enemies that are close as well as far away sniping you, that can actually be a way for you to feel like you're spinning multiple plates. Reckoning everybody just kind of leaned on well and you just ignore the snipers. Well, if you set it up to where you can't really do that, then something as simple as a couple hobgoblins can become a bit of a pain point you know they're out in the distance and there there already is in the original vaults of glass these hobgoblins that appear periodically but again you have to remember the the flow of the ads is kind of slow so it never really is that difficult to manage especially you know as as he said you know we as guardians now would smoke these encounters with our destiny 2 weapons and armor mods um no, the, I don't know if they were hobgoblins and Atheon, I don't think, but the, the ones that were kind of like perched on the outer areas that would spawn, um, I actually found those to be the ones that, you know, you would you would potentially maybe put more of them or something. Um, here's a couple of things I know they don't do, and this is, I think Luke Smith, I don't know where he talked about this. They will not spawn enemies like directly behind you. Uh, they don't want to do this thing where you're suddenly getting sort of shot in the back and you don't really understand, you know, where the pain is coming from. They like you to sort of know where, where the pain, uh, will be approaching from. And when they do that, the thing they have to do, I think is consider size of the area as well as how long it takes the ads to get there. I mean, really think about even King's Fall for crying out loud. They are forever. They're forever away. You know, think about Golgoroth. They're all the way down that hallway. And they just, they're acolytes, you know, taking some shots at you. War Priest, same deal. Everything is a, is a gymnasium away from you. It's like all the way on the other side of the encounter. Um, so one of the only things they could do is not necessarily change the encounter, but add mechanics that make you move. One of the things I think that made Wrath of the Machine always feel maybe not challenging, but at least it felt somewhat intense, is that 
they made you move. They made you relocate. You couldn't kind of stay lead-footed, planted, um, and 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 just kind of stay put. They made you shuffle around and move and switch sides. And they did something kind of similar in the end of with Oryx. You know, there was a lot of movement involved, but there was also a lot of standing around. So I I would say if they could add some mechanics to the encounter where we're having to actually move and actually you know actually you know change location, that's where you can't kind of crutch in a well or even a, a healing rift, you know, and you're getting shot from the sides or you're getting smacked in the face with some melee or something. Uh, that's when I think you're going to start to feel that. I, that's one of the things I actually like about the final encounter in the Deepstone Crypt is all of the movement that the team is required to manage. It actually adds this feeling of intensity. Even if it's going smooth and you're managing it and everything's going well, there is still some semblance of intensity and like, wait, hey, we got to stay on top of this because of the travel time. Um, so... I don't necessarily know what else they could do because as he says, they don't want it to feel like a completely different fight. So they can't completely change it and all of a sudden, it, you know, it, it feels dramatically different, you know? Um, Sam, you have to be a paying member to submit questions. I interact with chat regardless of if you have a badge or not, but when you submit questions like that, it auto-populates a spreadsheet. So we, we put that little teeny paywall barrier just to protect the spreadsheet from trolls. Um, I mean, I'm happy to interact with you. You said there are signs that the K1 lost sectors, there's an empty space in the top right of the map, and that would fit Venus. Yeah, I don't actually have thoughts on that, because I don't have predictions on Venus coming back, other than I thought Venus would come back with Vault of Glass, and maybe they could add some of the, you know, the lost sectors and some of the loot grind that we got on Europa, so that the public space feels fresh and and worth your, uh, worth your venture. Even if you're not doing the raid, Venus would still be worth your time. Gritter. Joe Blackburn said that they will have to recreate the weapons with the context of Destiny 2's loot pool in mind. Is this further proof that Fatebringer will not be an elemental primary, but instead an energy weapon when it returns? I actually don't know. We were we were batting this around. We were kind of debating this uh, earlier about what exactly they'll you know they'll probably end up doing with the Fatebringer. I would love for it to be a kinetic weapon, no arc and just give it Dragonfly, uh, or in this case, give it Firefly. Give it Firefly, a a Firefly kinetic uh, with no arc. Bungie's in a bit of a hard spot, right? Because he says that, but he also says that, you know, people are going to want it to feel like the Fatebringer, and they're going to... He says down here in the weapons section, I have the quote, uh, he says... uh, Let's see, where is it? Um, everyone knows what recoil pattern is on that gun everyone knows what perks they wanted okay in in that realm it's going to be they're they're in kind of a tough spot if they bring back the 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 fate bringer and it doesn't have arc and firefly it'll be weird It, it won't be quite right and if it's an elemental primary it won't be quite right that wasn't like really I'm sorry not an elemental primary if it comes back as an energy weapon right? Lono, you've been lobbying for elemental primaries for a long time? I have been. I don't think this is the moment that they do it. I don't. Now, it'd be amazing if they did because that would make it what's one of my main criticisms of the Deepstone Crypt weapons. They're good. They're best in slot. They're not unique. There's not... Oh, you can't get these perks anywhere else. They're literally just reload and damage perks. They're overloading my mag perks. There's nothing really that unique about it. An elemental kinetic 
you know, weapon that has arc on it and firefly will be unique. And that would be like, oh my gosh, this is really worth using. So sure, I have been super, super animate that they need to go back to elemental primaries, remove the disparity between an energy primary and a kinetic, make them all primaries and throw elements on them. I actually think in PvE they should let you equip two primaries. Uh, I actually think that that would be acceptable. Uh, and then if they let you equip two primaries in PvE, then you would might see you know maybe some of the other ignored primaries like scouts and others actually get rotated in. And that would give you the ability to, you know, have deepened loot pools, more elements in the game, especially if they're going to be adding this poison element subclass or a blighted subclass. Like if those are actually more darkness powers, we're going to be getting seeing those showing up on those uh, on those weapons, I think would be good. Um, So, you know, I don't know At, at this point, at this point, I think the weapon systems being held back by the decisions they made in Forsaken and I think it's time to take the weapon system a step forward because we're already seeing we're already sensing it Fatebringer doesn't have a place in the current weapon system why? because the current weapon system is in my opinion a dilution of what we had in Destiny 1 there was a purity to primary, secondary and heavy there was a purity to having all three elements on all three guns there was something pure and logical about that and we've diluted that and we've got this weird kinetic energy heavy system now or kinetic energy power and and then but then we have like primary secondary and heavy ammo like i don't think that the the weapon system has fully evolved into what it should be i think it's still in a weird spot i believe it's weird spot is because of as ochi is saying it's the ghost of double primaries you know it's not the ghost of christmas past it's the ghost of weapons past you know it's like the weapon designers go to sleep at night and then double primaries the ghost of double primary shows up and it's like hi <laughs> I'm still holding back the weapon system um, I, you know it's if you allowed us to do double primaries in that first slot and you slapped elements on all the primary weapons remove this disparity from kinetics and energy primaries then slide all of the kinetic secondaries down you could actually create more diverse builds and and, and, and go that route and go back there and then we can have four weapons equipped four potential elements equipped at a given time and that I think would be a good base so by the time you get to you know uh, Lightfall you could only have four of the potential six elements equipped at a given time you couldn't maybe you couldn't have arc equipped but you could have uh, and you couldn't have you know stasis and arc but you have all the others you have blight you have poison you have void you have solar you know you have four of the six I don't know I think it's time to evolve the weapon system rather than settle for what we have, which is patchwork. I, I think that the weapon system is still in a tattered, a very, very tattered patchwork, patchwork status, and that needs to change. And the fate bringer is going to feel like the square peg that doesn't fit. Um, I just, I, I, I don't think you can start bringing back d1 raids and not have this friction in the weapon system itself um so i don't know i prefer my shield buster to not be special i mean i know you're you know eugene saying i like kinetic specials i don't i think kinetic specials are weird i think it's an incredibly small pool i think it hurts uh i think it actually hurts build diversity uh, if you want to run an energy primary, there's a ton of them. And then there's a, a handful 
of you know kinetic secondaries um it it you're you're always gonna have this weird dissonance too where like you know fusion rifles don't even fit into that world and we want fusion rifles to get more attention and we got a great one on europa and now it's in that weird status of like well you know if i want to run one of the new primaries from the raid i can't run it with the europa fusion rifle and i just i don't know i feel like that again is a dilution of the simplicity we had in destiny one year one where it was primary secondary and heavy and all the weapons had an element Ratchet. The Ratchet. Do you think that they are making Vogue for the free-to-play people so they got a raid to try and see if they like the raid content? I cannot see Vogue being free-to-play. No. I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, that that doesn't seem like the, a choice that they would make with the DCV or the seasonal content. I feel you're going to have to own the $10 season to access the, the Vault of Glass. what you're going to do though is you you bring back Venus and you make Venus accessible but you 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 have to uh, you you have to make it a part of the season Um, how do you monetize it you can't monetize it through a season why not I don't why can't you monetize it through a season you can't buy old seasons oh you think they're going to tie it to beyond light yeah, I mean, I could see them tying it to the expansion because they could basically say, look, we that's also the higher purchase point, you know. Um that's that's the that's the higher selling point of uh of of the exp- of 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 that what you can purchase. So you're probably right there. Um Prophecy was free. I don't think it should have been. I thought Prophecy I don't I, I don't think they should have made Prophecy free. Um so I don't know. Um I don't think I don't think I don't think you should be doing that. I don't think you should be making that kind of stuff free. I disagree with it fundamentally. Um, it's better to have all three D one perks: outlaw, uh, explosive, payload, and dragonfly, or make it Fatebringer. Um, yeah, listen, I get it. I really do. I really get. I I get why people would want to just go back to you know the original. Uh, the original perks and the original structure. Um, I totally, I totally get that. Uh, um, but go through one more step to have it added. What is going on? Um, I like the idea. I like the idea to have random rolls. Oh, I butchered your message. It better ha- Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It better have all 3 D1 perks: Outlaw, Explosive Payload, and Dragonfly. Right. Yeah, I I I agree with that. It says due to high demand, we're having everyone go through one more step before it can be added. Please try again. What, so what I re what, what do I refresh? What's Best Buy making? They send you a code via phone? Oh, is there a pop-up that's supposed to be coming up? I, I didn't get anything on my phone. Um, I didn't get a pop-up. I'm trying to get a PS5. I'm trying to get a PS5. Every few minutes, we're going to release more inventory. Shortly, the button below will turn back to yellow. At that point, try adding it again. Okay. So, yeah, they didn't give me an opportunity to, like, put a cell phone number in or anything. It just says, please wait. Um... So, sorry, I'm trying to juggle Q&A while also trying to get my hands on a PS5. Um, 
So I turned off ad blocker on Best Buy. We'll see if maybe there was supposed to be a pop-up um, that was supposed to say, hey, give us your phone number. They're trying to s- stop the bots. Um, so I'll watch the button while we discuss it. I agree with what Distorted Sama is saying. Even if you go to random roles, I do feel the perk pool needs to have those original uh, those original pools. I, I, I agree with that keep pressing it that's how i got mine i can't press it it literally says please wait so they're changing the flow now on best buy uh next question is from i'm having chest pain with no current hard mode raids could bungie possibly be planning to introduce hard modes with vault or are they just going to drop the original mode uh as the only mode I actually have a video on this from last week. If you want to go watch it, you can find all the uploaded versions of these videos at sntrvideos.com or use the videos command in chat. We do record these segments and put them on another channel. This channel's purely live streams. Okay. So, but I'll give you an answer. I'm just letting you know. I did a whole video on this. I actually think Deepstone Crypt is begging for a hard mode. I really do. I think it's begging for a hard mode for a handful of reasons. I don't think the mods are getting a lot of use because they cost too much energy for the minimal benefits that they offer you. Those benefits wouldn't feel so minimal if there was a harder version of the raid, or at the very least, a contest modifier version that gave more currency. I also think something they could do with the seasons is next season, they could say, if you run the contest mode or the hard mode, we've added one new kinetic, one new secondary, or sorry, one new... Uh, one new primary, one new secondary, and one new heavy. So just add three. Um, and then you, you know, you'd go back in and have a reason to run it in the next season. They need a raid NPC for this as well. I think they're kind of on their way there with the currency in the chest at the end. Sort of, that's, that, that's almost a simulated NPC if you think about it. Um, that that's what I would do now if they do this on the way to vault of glass then we would all understand oh they're priming the pump they're getting ready to have two versions of raids again uh, in general raids have always at least in D1 they functioned in a certain way you were kind of gearing up with the raid gear for the harder mode oracle disruptor is probably the best example of this wrath of the machine also had you know the chest piece was like increased defense when holding a siva charge the boots were like increased agility when holding a cannon uh, i think the helmet had something to do with creating orbs of light and then the gauntlets created more uh, heavy ammo when killing the fallen um now all of this i think is you know, is is essentially is essentially the way that rage should land. You're almost gearing up to go up. You're kind of preparing. So if you think about the current raid weapons, the unique spark that they're lacking, that could be the unique spark. Intrinsic perks that make them stronger, cooler, or do a certain thing in that raid. Same thing with the raid mods. Like the raid mods are a cool idea and the raid mod slots a cool idea, but the impetus to go through all that getting high stat rolls on the D- deep stone crypt armor not just getting the high stat rolls then master working all the armor then equipping all of the mods allocating four five or six energy for a raid mod you got to go through all those steps and why the normal raid is just kind of like huh, you know if listen if you're going to go through all those steps you're probably a hardcore player if you go out through, through all those steps and you are a hardcore player it's unlikely that you're going to feel the need to do that because the normal mode really isn't putting that much pressure on you does that make sense like 
the type of player that would jump through all those hoops isn't struggling with the normal version of the Deepstone Crypt. That is why I think we need hard mode raids. That's my Cliff's Notes too long didn't read, you know, four or five minute flyover of my 10 minute video uh, that we did um, that we did last week. Um, so that's uh, that's where I am. That's where I am on it. And I think Vault of Glass as well as Taken King, King's Fall Raid or Wrath of the Machine, they'll feel awfully weird without their hard modes. I, I, I do. I feel that. Uh, Andrew Carrera. Bungie's in a lose-lose with Vogue. If they change it too much, it's bad. If they don't change any, it's bad. While I love Vogue, I don't think they should bring it back. So, down here, you're in agreement with my premise, but we're concluding, right? I switched off the messages. You can't see their, their, their questions because I am attempting, um, I'm attempting to get a PS5, uh, from Best Buy at this like literal moment uh, I actually have one in my uh, my cart at this moment I don't know can I change it from pickup though to delivery um, now they're emailing me a verification code we may drop frames I don't know I'm going to outlook.com to get my verification code um, from them uh, that they're making me use they're trying to stop the bots uh, from snagging all of these PS5s. So I'm literally doing this in the middle of Q&A. Um, change pickup location? It doesn't look like you can pick delivery. Um, in-store or curbside? It looks like I'm pick. I, I guess I would pick... I guess I'll pick in-store. That's fine. Uh, I don't understand what all this is! placing it we're trying chat we're processing your order will be ready for pickup on the 26th it says we'll send you an email when it's ready okay I think I got one I think I got one I was wanting to play Ghost of Tsushima um, Miles Morales God of War uh, I was I was wanting to replay a lot of those games and even play Ghost of Tsushima with the um with the higher frame rate so vendetta my man vendetta and wheezy have been really taking care of me you guys have been trying to keep that on my uh, on my radar anytime uh they're available and i really really appreciate that dude we received your order uh on 1221 below is a summary of your purchase a ps5 digital edition console thank you very much i can pick it up the day after christmas according to this um I probably will wait. I don't think I have to pick it up that day, do I? Oh my gosh, it's going to be a zoo over there. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have to go pick it up that day. I'm assuming they'll hold it for a day or two because that's going to be an absolute... That'll be bedlam over there. Um, so, all right, back to Andrew Carrera's question. I agree with your premise. It's a lose-lose that no matter what, um, you have seven days. Okay, perfect. Somebody's saying within 72 hours. I'm just not going over there on the 26th. I can go over there on the 27th or something. Um, and looks like I have to go in. Curbside said extended hours, but I, I figured it might be more reliable to go in. Um, so, um, I don't agree with your conclusion, though. You said, while I love Vogue, I don't think they should bring it back. I actually don't agree with you. Um, 
It says, ultimately, I'm excited to play Destiny 1 Raids again and have the experience of getting and using the weapons and armor. Like, that's my, uh, that's my conclusion. My conclusion is that we, we, they, I'm glad they're bringing it back, right? Critter says, get it that day, take no chances. Oh, dude, it's a Saturday. It's going to be absolutely insane. I don't know. I'll see. I'll see. We live close by. It's just the traffic and everything's going to be insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could see why somebody might look at this, Andrew, and you're kind of of the beginning of like my beginning right here. Why, but why, why bother even bringing it back? Oh, that's a mistake. Why both even bring it back? Why bring it back? You know, why bring it back? Just, just create a new one. Why not just create a new one? You know, um, you know, it's just, it's, they, they could have just said, Hey, let's just, let's just build a new raid. Let's do a raid layer, something to that nature. You know what I'm saying? So like, I understand where you're coming from. I really, really do. Um, so I don't think they'll let me change it to curbside. I, I didn't click that. I clicked in-store pickup. You would think that they would make you do curbside these days, but whatever. Um, so guys, we have 883 likes, a lot of new viewers in here. Let's roll over to 900 likes. Appreciate you being here. Also, don't forget to press subscribe. That helps the channel out and it's free. Um, so yeah, techno with the next question. Could the, oh cute, could the remake uh, of Vogue for the D2 sandbox ruin how it originally felt and why people uh, loved it in the first place? Side note about raids in general. Adding champions to an encounter feels like the cheapest last minute addition to an encounter for added difficulty. So yeah, let me take this in two parts. Let me take this in two parts. Um, you know, could the, could the remake for the D2 sandbox ruin how it originally felt and why people loved it in the first place to a certain extent I think people's memories are going to be very very foggy on this it was a long long time ago even though we had Age of Triumph it was a long long time ago and your memory of the raid and your memory of the difficulty is going to be a bit jaded people talk about you know the current raid and raids in Destiny being being easy right Uh, they, they talk about them being easy and it's like okay, they're easy after you've run them the first time and they forget that it was the same way in D1. It was the same way in D1. We were literally running, we were running challenge mode Age of Triumph with fl- with three raffle winners and most of those encounters on hard, we were running them in under an hour. So me and two people that know what they're doing with three people that were winning raffles, many people it was their first time in there or they were less experienced and they needed the help. And we were running most of those raids. Vogue, we were running uh, Wrath, we were running them in under an hour. So, and that was with people coming in that sometimes needed to be kind of taught where to stand, what to do, blah, blah, blah. And pe- a lot of people are going to say, well, those raids were easier to, to clutch and to, you know, and to, um, y- you know, carry people. Okay. Okay, so not so. Are you admitting then that they've that, you know raids have never actually been that that hard after repetition? Most raids become easier with repetition. Like they all become easier with repetition. They all do. There 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 isn't this magical spectrum that raids existed on in D one where they were eternally challenging and always difficult. You know. We, we would play Wrath of the Machine and be joking and debating and talking and we would debate comic books and Star Wars and music while playing the raid. Like, that's how easy it was for us, you know? Um, 
it's just I don't know it's one of those things where I think people get this it's a bias that they don't know is there like they don't realize that their team I remember running a D- D1 raid and if the team was struggling people would come in and be like this raid is a joke it's so easy why are they struggling and I'm like because they're not running it with the same six people every week and can do it with their eyes closed because everybody knows exactly where to stand and what to do and when to do it it becomes a matter of repetition you know listen there's not really any randomness to raids so you apply the formula and you win. I mean, it's that it's that simple. You you apply the formula and you win. Stand here, wait, shoot, 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 wait. Now stand there. Now do this. Shoot the boss. Like it literally is just applying a formula of knowledge and experience. That's all it is. I, you know, there's a great great quote. I think it was from Civil War, where he said, uh, "With patience." And experience a man can achieve anything and I thought man that is so <laughs> that's relevant to my life but it's relevant to this too right with patience and experience you can do anything like with enough patience and experience your team's gonna get to a place where these raids just become smooth sailing it just is it's very very familiar to you yeah and what Milky's saying it's true for all games you know the first time I fought that frog in Jedi Fallen Order I thought he was a just a just a freaking you know whatever language you want to use and then now i go in there i'm like this guy's a joke you're a joke you big dumb frog you know why i i got used to the cues i got used to the visual sound cues the movement i knew i could be aggressive it's like a light bulb goes off and you don't understand how it ever felt hard to begin with. You're like, I can't believe this guy gave me a hard time. Now, you know, he's a joke to me, you know? Um, it's just, I it, it, mainly I think it's a bias that's hard to detect because it's like detecting how you're growing when you're younger. Can you feel that you're growing? No. You can see evidence that you're growing. Boys get clumsy. They're tripping on themselves. Their shoes are too small. They can't quite understand their new their new strength and agility. So their their coordination goes down, you know? But they can't feel the fact that they're growing. It's out of frame. It's like, I, I'm growing right now. Uh, half a centimeter today. No. You start to see the evidence of the fact that you've been growing and getting taller and faster. It's the same thing in video games. Right now, you can't be like, or even while you're playing, you'd be like, I can feel myself getting better. You simply see the evidence of it with time. You're like, oh, I don't die as much as I used to. Oh, I'm actually pretty good at this encounter now. Oh, I can coach people in this encounter. You see the evidence of your skill. You don't necessarily feel it as it's happening. So, that's one of the biases I think that it, it, it's a lot of the opinions about this game is so easy is just bias laden. It's like you don't sense the, the your skill and experience smoothing over what others feel is a challenge. Uh, wait, that's the wrong mouse. Uh, a couple of questions from Techno. Do you think VOG will be free to play? I think we already answered that when we said it'll be tied to Beyond Light. Do you think we will get an Age of Triumph armor, original VOG armor, or a completely new set? While I love this question, I'm hoping that they do all of it. So it initially releases with the traditional VOG set, and then do uh, do challenges or a hard mode for the ornaments that we got during Age of Triumph. I would freaking love that. Um, you know? 
Lono still doesn't know uh, what does it mean to grow. You shut your freaking face, sir. You don't know what it means to gr- Your head is a shell. Um, how do you update the raid weapons to be powerful and stand out in the D2 standbox while keeping the spirit of the original? Well, if they all come intrinsic oracle disruptor, that's a starting place. And make them best in class, give them solid base stats, that kind of stuff. You know, I would say, uh, <laughs> fun fact, you only feel the effects of growth after 5-7. Sorry, Lono. You guys are actually mean. That is actually mean to say. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Until you pass, you know, 5-6 and a half into 5-7 territory, you don't know what it's like to feel like, you know, actual growth, you know? Sorry, dude. <laughs> You're so mean. Uh, for those of you listening or not watching or unaware, I am 5'6", and their knowledge of my not incredibly tall stature uh, makes them aim really low for short jokes because they're easy uh, and lazy. So, <laughs> uh, You're giving them too much credit. They'll do the minimum. I don't know, man. I really, really think the ornaments have a place. Um, I think the ornaments have a place. They do. You just got to figure out how to do it. Uh, wait, wait, did I miss anything? Yeah, as far as the weapons too, keeping in the, you know, in the realm of the original, you know, if, if Oracle Disruptor is intrinsic, that you, you start there and then, and then go from there. You make them best in class, you know, have, have some of the original perk combinations, uh, available. Um, and I don't know, you, you gotta, you, listen, you gotta make raid weapons, I think better than they are now anyway. For me, I always go to the Genesis Chain. Genesis Chain wasn't even best in class. It wasn't. Genesis Chain was unique, though. You know? Um. Oh, nice, good. I can stop pretending I care about Lono. Oh, yeah, Wheezy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a PS5, so you can stop being nice to me. Uh, anyway, next question from Concept. If they bring back old weapons, how would you handle guns like Fate, Bringer, Kinetic, or Arc Damage? Move it to the Energy thought uh, Slot Thoughts. This is one of the reasons being a VIP has benefits. Uh, you can submit questions early. I give them an hour of early access. Now, you also get early access to Q&A if you're just a paying member in the Discord, okay? Because I, tar- I put that open uh, the night before I go live. So repeat questions like this it's easier to avoid that if you get if you get in there and submit early so somebody already beat you to this topic and this question sorry concept I'll give you my brief answer I would love for it to be as it always has been bring it back make it a kinetic with an element and and with firefly I don't necessarily know um, if if they're gonna be able to pull that off my concern is they're just gonna make it an energy weapon um, they love energy primaries all of a sudden. So I got a PS5 uh, from Best Buy. Best Buy does a really cool thing now to, to prevent the bots. You click it and it's like, hang on, wait, hang on, wait. And then after so many minutes or so long, the button goes live. You click it and they, uh, once you get it in the cart, they send you a two factor to your email for your account. So they're trying to trip the bots up. So I got one today, a digital version too, which is the, the, the harder one to get your hands on. Arazos. Since we probably won't get a contest hard mode, do you think Vex Mythoclast uh, should be a quest drop at 
Atheon. No, no, you make Atheon like the Eyes of Tomorrow, the 1K Voices, and the Anarchy. Uh, you make it really, really rare for that first month. Um, and then after that, you could start doing drop protection. I don't, I don't think you want to do drop protection until the first month is up. I, I think the danger of doing drop protection too early is you want those weapons to feel as if they're elusive, as if they're hard to get your hands on. I, I actually think that is that's necessary for at least a little while. Um, so, you know, um, I'm only getting the gray bar. How are you getting the hang on wait pop up? I clicked add to cart and it was like, wait, hang on. And then eventually the yellow add to cart came back and then I was able to add it to the cart. After it was in my cart, it made me do two factor through my email. So yeah, but that's what I would do with Vex Mythoclast. I would treat it like those other exotics. People that want exotic drop rate protection, I just don't want that in the first month. I think it's fine to let the exotic, the raid exotic, be this this unicorn, this Bigfoot, this rarely seen thing for the first month. And then after that, start giving some love to the people who run it three times a week, every week religiously. Like, give them some drop rate protection. So, you know, the second month that the raid has been out, people can start getting it that run it a lot like again drop rate protection helps people that run it regularly it doesn't help the randy that decides to start running it month two uh eknor do you think bungie should sunset luke smith the guy is coming up with a new vision each year without fulfilling the last one i don't agree with this at all i think this falls into with respect i feel like this falls into the um the sort of the juvenile idea that we need a scapegoat we need somebody to blame um this is generally in line with sort of the Twitter view of the world that, oh, we just find somebody to blame and cancel. The, the state of Destiny 2, I believe, is on an upward trajectory on the quality meter. I'm the quality meter is going up. Uh, we have a more intentional and more player agency driven grind. We have more intentionality and player agency over what we look like, over our stats, over our loadouts. We have a new subclass, a new planet, a new raid, new content loops. We lack in quantity during this expansion. And there are some things that I think that need to be looked at. But I do not think if, if, if we're measuring success and we're comparing to other video games that are available right now with respect to player population and updates. I don't think you can say a player population of 1.27 million players just yesterday is is a is any form, is any form of an indictment over his leadership. Now you're saying he keeps coming up with visions each year without fulfilling the last one. There are parts of his vision for year four that have yet to be realized. Reinvigoration of the of the of the of the main playlist has not yet happened. Uh, making making the bounties better hasn't happened. But they brought adept weapons to trials. It's debatable whether they're good enough. They can iterate that on that on them and make them better. Um, increasing the quality of raid weapons. They did that. I don't like the raid weapons. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I like the raid weapons, but I don't think they went far enough. But he made good on his promise. The raid weapons are actually better. More cohesive storylines, a single evolving world, like the, the continuation of a narrative that keeps passing off to the next and making the story feel important, making it feel like, oh, you had to be there moments. We are changing the world. These are actually all things that I believe have have 
been promised by Luke and have been delivered, right? Sunsetting supers is a stupid consideration by Luke, though. I, I completely disagree with you. I think the uh, the expectation that supers and abilities should be in the game for forever and never change, evolve, or make room for new stuff is an expectation that can't not be in line with a game that enters its fifth and sixth year. You go into your fifth and sixth year, you're going to have to have some things change. You're going to have to shuffle things around, move some things, shake things up, break eggs, make omelets. Like, we're not playing Destiny 1. We're playing Destiny 2, and Destiny 2 is getting ready to, you know, go into its 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 beginning stages of year four and then year five and then year six and potentially beyond. And I think getting there, like he said, even you have to go back and read the article. Okay. He said in a long enough timeline, they would do that. All right. Meaning you get so much distance from when those things first showed up. It just kind of makes sense that they need to be evolved, changed and potentially pieces of them chopped. Right. He's not talking about chopping a super, a, a season or a quarter after you got it. He's talking about years later. He's talking about if we have a long enough timeline, that's something that we would end up doing. You're talking probably lightfall that you would see some of the supers leaving. And again, the expectation that they would never do that, I think with respect, that is just juvenile. I don't think you're looking at the bigger picture of games, game worlds, MMOs, live service games that evolve both the base content and the structure of the game. Any game that's going to live this long cannot be like, oh no, yeah, those, those supers can completely stick around. I think this happens at Lightfall, and I think by the time we get there, if you're going to throw your hands up and be furious that they get rid of a super that you like, or they sunset a super and you're like, sunset Luke Smith, this is stupid, this is dumb, I paid for this, they can't take stuff away, well, you know, Mars, Venus, I'm sorry, Mars, Mercury, Io, you know, they're all saying, hold my beer, or they're all saying, hey, you forgot about us, like... Everyone threw their hands up in the air, said it was ridiculous, unfair, and wrong to sunset planets, and they did it anyway. And the game is probably better for it, right? So this idea that like they're not allowed to do this, or it's Luke Smith's fault, or he's making promises and not making good on them, I think these are so, so inaccurate. I'm going to make videos and criticize the game's shortcomings. But I'm never going to act like the state of the game is in such, it's such so bad and in such disrepair that you need to get rid of Luke Smith, right? Like, I don't even like him that much. I don't. Like, I, I, I probably wouldn't hang out with him in real life. But I think he's, I think he's the franchise lead that we need. I do. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that he he unified the vision and he's making changes to the game that I think are ultimately good for the you know for the long you know for the long term, um, you know and and Eugene says Luke shouldn't have opened his mouth it was too early we have no context no fully fleshed stasis tree to even begin to have an intelligent conversation about right so until we get to Witch Queen we don't even know what the fully orbed version of uh, of stasis is. Subtle diss to Luke? No, that's not a diss. Sometimes you just don't like people. That's okay. There are people throughout the years and throughout my life that I've just been like, I don't really like that guy. I'm not throwing shade. I'm not dissing that person. I'm just like, I don't really like him. Probably wouldn't hang out with him. You know, not not my not my personality palette of choice, right? But I think he's good. At, I think he's good at what he does. I think he's good for Bungie. I think he's good for Destiny. You know, 
I just the idea that like if you're unhappy about the game or things that didn't happen in the way that you thought they should happen like well just get rid of Luke Smith who do you want in charge of the franchise then you know I, it's like if if we, Noseworthy I think was one of the single strongest drivers to the casualification and the static roles and all of what we got in year one of D2 I think that was Mark Noseworthy I think he's taken more of a back seat and they're allowing Luke to drive the ship they did the same thing. Listen, after taking King, they put Luke Smith in charge of D2, and now they're doing the same thing. Alright, look, if the game's really gonna go forward, we gotta put this guy in charge. You know? I only have so much time to hang out with uh, people in my life. I choose to hang out with people. I like most of the ones I like the fifth most. <laughs> um, I don't know. The community screamed about wanting to know about how the light subclasses may shift into the darkness subclass framework, and he answered them. Right, I actually think he he did what we wanted him to do. We just didn't like the answer, right? Listen, we wanted to know what's your plans for light subclasses. This stasis stuff seems pretty good. Aspects and fragments seems to have a lot of potential, and you're wanting to add more to it throughout year four. What are you gonna do with the light subclasses? And he gives us an answer. And because we don't like the answer, we're like, oh, get, get, can't believe this. Get rid of this guy, or oh, he shouldn't have talked about this yet. No, we just don't like the answer. I get where, where where Eugene's coming from. Eugene's like, we don't even have a fully fleshed out stasis subclass. We have no context for what this would look like. So now it's just upsetting people needlessly. I can definitely see that perspective. But I would much rather have somebody give the answers that maybe we aren't too fond of. Like when he said in that interview... Beyond Light is going to be bigger than Shadow Keep, but it's not going to be the same size as Forsaken. And nobody, we didn't like that answer, but I would rather have somebody look me straight in the face and be like, this is what you're getting, or this is what we need to do. I would much rather have a game director have the balls to do that than, I don't know, do what CD Projekt Red did and launch and launch Cyberpunk on old-gen consoles. Wouldn't you rather have somebody say something that isn't going to be as popular with the community like when he let everybody know sunsetting was coming? Or in this case, that, listen, if there's a long enough timeline and we change these, these subclasses, you're probably going to lose some supers, you know? Nobody wants to hear that, but I'd rather him say it then, like, keep it a secret and sucker punch everybody, you know? Like, I don't know. I have more respect for transparent leadership that might rock the boat as opposed to leadership that leads to some of the launches of games we've seen in years past. Whether it was Anthem's terrible mismanaged pre-production and vision casting that they went through and and or, or the current situation with CD Projekt Red how the mighty have fallen like one of the most revered and respected developers getting absolutely taken to task for for the for what they've done with their game this long awaited you know this long awaited highly anticipated game that you know you you marketed with Keanu Reeves and it's 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 now becoming like the next no man's sky of ridicule complaint and 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 consumer demand of 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 reparations and refunds like i <laughs> you know what i mean they made all the money back in a day oh yeah i mean it, it, there you go so 
if you're going to give me the choice between the two, I'm not trying to create a false dichotomy, but if you're going to give me the choice between the two, some of the industry terms and some of the industry norms we're seeing now, and Luke Smith's frazzled hair, unkept beard, kind of like he just sort of goes with it and says stuff that might ruffle the community's feathers, man, I will take Luke Smith rolling over from a nap and doing an interview every day of the week compared to what a lot of these companies are doing. You know what I mean? I... (laughs) I, I take him, warts and all, chaos and all, you know, unpolished version. I, I'll, I'll take him every day of the week, you know? I, I just, I think when I look at the spectrum of the game and where it's come from, he's attached to the brightest moments and the biggest improvements. And so I'm, I'm trusting him with the next however many years to do what is either, either good and right, but not super popular. I, I, I fundamentally think that um, that's, uh, that's where I land on it. So, uh, next question, Mike on the mic. Yolono, what slot do you see Vex class being in? It'll be an energy weapon. It'll be an energy weapon. It's a, it's a fusion rifle, auto rifle kind of hybrid thing that's solar based. It will be an energy secondary. Um, it'll use green ammo and it'll, uh, oh wait, no, it was a pri. Was it? No, it wasn't a primary. Was it? It registered as a secondary. Didn't it? I remember completing fusion bounties with it. Was it a primary fusion that functioned as an auto rifle? I actually can't remember where that landed. So I don't know what to tell you. It was a primary. Yeah, it was a primary fusion. You know what? They'll probably treat it like um, Cold Heart and the the um, the Cold Heart and the Prometheus lens and the the, the way the the, uh, the trace rifles. They'll treat it like the trace rifles. It'll use green ammo, but it'll have a huge ammo pool. Which I don't know what in the frick they're gonna do with that thing in Crucible. Oh my gosh! Um, it was a primary fusion that worked as an auto rifle. It sounds like somebody you'd meet in New York dressed as Elmo. I mean, I don't even know what to label that as. You know what I'm saying? It's a primary fusion that worked as an auto rifle. It's like, it's freaking everything. Good for you, but I don't know where they're going to put it now. You know what I mean? If it still uses white ammo, I guess they could make it an energy primary. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's everything. (laughs) That's, I don't know. It's in D1, it was problematic in the Crucible for that reason. Um, it was built for PvE. <laughs> it's another weapon built for PvE, you know? I want more wayframe, wayframe grenade launchers. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, Moped Mike says, With the recent raids too easy talking points in the community, can Bungie avoid reinforcing the point while still making it a VOG raid? Uh, for the first time, mechanics could be known before we start. They didn't really get deep into this. It, they, they, it sounded like the mechanics would not be overhauled, but they would be like slightly updated. You know, um, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, it did not sound like they were going to uh, have a, have like a fundamental shift um, in in the actual mechanics. Now you're like, oh, we're going to know the mechanics ahead of time. I, I, again, I mean, we, we don't know what kind of curveballs they're going to try to show us. Um, it had the fastest CTK, even faster than LMGs, and it had crowd control rampage, so they nerfed it down accordingly. Yeah. A waveframe with stasis would have been fun. 
Yeah, it would have been. It really would have been like it would be like a cold snap grenade on the ground. That'd be that'd have been awesome. Um, instead of the, instead of seeking though, it would just make the pathway on the ground. That'd have been awesome. Um, we need legendary trace rifles. I agree. I agree. I would love a legendary trace rifle. I really would. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you, Moped Mike, because if they don't really change the the mechanics dramatically, our familiarity with the encounters it might feel a little bit like Age of Triumph, where we go in, we know what we're doing, but there's this new challenge we gotta try. But it's a new play to spin. Remember the Atheon challenge? I really disliked the Atheon challenge initially, ended up loving it after a while. I ended up loving it. Um, so, um, so maybe it'll be like that, you know? Guys, we are in the low 900s on the like count. If we get 80 people to click like and roll us over to 1,000, that's an amazing daily goal. It really helps these videos. And thank you all for being here and taking part in Q&A and the discussion. A couple more questions here. Heart of Quartz. Do you think we should get the cool glowy armor if they add hard mode or just stick to the OG armor? Somebody already beat you to this one. I would love for there to be normal and hard mode and to put, because they already have an ornamental system in the game with the universal ornaments so it'd be cool to bring back the age of triumph armor as ornaments that are irritable through challenges in hard mode um so a good bit of the deep stone crypts challenge fail is that the enemies simply don't work correctly their ai is clearly broken in the raid i'm telling you the more i look at it support the more i feel like this raid was built before they made all their scripting changes and it needs to go back uh into the shop they need to go under the hood and fix it the, the, the enemies don't act right it's they're weird it's like what are you doing over there why are you doing that I've, and people are like oh it's because they're fallen it's because they're fallen no that's not the reason why we've had I mean the, for all intents and purposes Wrath of the Machine was against fallen enemies and we didn't have that problem in there you know where the enemies just hid and stayed hidden or got stuck or wouldn't shoot you I, I just when you're in the basement of the the security encounter, do those vandals have like a little meeting and they all stand together and they don't do anything to you? It's like they're confused. I I don't know. It's it's the weirdest thing. Um, I I don't know. The fallen and gambit are harder to fight than in the raid. It, yes, exactly. You go into go in into gambit and you're gonna get rocked by the fallen. And you go into the deep stone crypt, and it's like they all just woke up. They're like, huh? Yeah, I'm a little tired, you know? I don't really like being down here in this crypt. It kind of makes me sleepy. And then they just all stand around. I got enemies in patrol more than the raid. Yeah, I I think that they didn't have time to fix it. Um, deep stone crypt uses the AI aggression level of a patrol zone compared to the prophecy dungeon, which uses the highest AI aggression level. Yeah, the AI and it is the AI are pretty aggressive in the prophecy dungeon. They are. I don't know. Don't tell people to play Gambit. Have you lost their mind? Have you lost your mind? Yeah. I don't know. That's like an interesting subject. Is 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 that why people think the Deepstone Crypt is so easy? If it brought the intensity of Wrath of the Machine, would people think differently about it? Are are people you know, primarily landing on the conclusion that the Deepstone Crypt is too easy because the enemies are dumb. They, they seem almost like they're dumb. Like they don't know what's going on. 
it almost surprised me when I started dying at the at the at the Atrax fight by the Shanks when contest was on, mind you, right? It almost surprised me. It was like I would run across middle, and all of a sudden, all of the shots from the Shanks and the boss would hit me at once, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I actually died to ads." Like, I wasn't struggling dying to ads at all day one. I just wasn't. Until we got to the final fight and they were teleporting. And then the captain would all of a sudden be in front of me and punch me in the face. And then I put on the melee uh, the melee mod where I wouldn't take as much damage from a melee. Man, I was I was good to go. It, it just I just didn't feel, even with contest on, I didn't feel like I was dying to ads. I felt like the boss was roasting me or I, you know, ads would teleport. You know, and then and when you're holding the ball, you can't fight back. So it's like, I don't know the 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 changes to the script they said would make enemies behave. That we might see some weird behavior from the enemies if we go into old content. And they took the prophecy dungeon out, and the prophecy dungeon is now back in. You know, the jump phase is the hardest part in the raid. Those shanks do a drive by. Those shanks are so so mean. They're the meanest. They are the meanest enemies in the entire raid. They are. They're. <laughs> they're trolls. You know. They show up while you're jumping, and they're like, you know, it'd be a shame if someone absolutely melted you right now. You know, like four or five of them in one little teeny two foot spot. You know. Um, the purple platform just mega messed up. Like whole mega lol what are you talking about now are you talking about the TOS thing we talked about this morning or did something else happen um Gilly in the mist do you think Vog will have res tokens and a revive timer should it and should the encounters be changed to better suit a revive timer see yeah this is where this is where you're gonna start to see the revive timer and the revive tokens start to like rear their head as an annoyance. I don't think any DCV raid should have revive timers. I don't. Nope. Let us go back to the time where we could low man it. Let us go back to where if somebody dies, we can press on. Um, especially once we get into King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine, I'm gonna be very disappointed. Um, so yeah, that's how, uh, that's how I would do it. They banned a streamer who had full, who had an adult content stream and then unbanned her after two days, like legit full on adult content. Right. And you're not allowed to insinuate why that favoritism happened because their TOS says you're not allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) Their TOS says that you're not allowed to talk about how they don't enforce TOS consistency. It's a foolproof plan. It's a foolproof plan. We, we, we show favoritism to a certain type of streamer. And if you ever insinuate that there is favors going on in the background, we'll ban you. Hmm. We think you doth protest too much. What are you trying to hide? Oh man, what a joke. Oh, a platform with zero virtue constantly trying to claim that they have some. That's why virtue signaling is just such a vacant it's just such a vacant lie. Um so yeah, my my opinion on this. My opinion on this is the if if you're going to bring back any raids from the DCV, 
get rid of the revive timer. You can limit our revives with tokens, that's fine, but get rid of that stupid timer. I hate it. I actually have no problem with the tokens. Get rid of the timer. Get rid of it. It's not necessary. Let us press on if we want. Stop holding us to a standard that isn't necessary. It's like, why? If, if you're almost done with the raid and you run out of time on a res, like that that's not why you should fail. You should fail because you failed to satisfy the mechanics. Um, so... Happy Gengar says, with the D1 weapon system not in D2 and elemental primary weapons not in the game, do you think some weapons are going to get shafted by putting in the energy slot? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think they're they're going to go that route. I think they're going to say, look, you, you we're, this is the best, this is the best option we have. We're just going to put them in, into this, into this category. Um, you know, uh, that's that's how that's how I would do it. You know, if I were in charge, I would just you know punt. And that, and the reason I'm saying that is they didn't take the time to update the weapon system, and they should have, right? They should have taken the time to uh to to actually update the weapon system to make space for these weapons since they didn't they're just going to go into the energy slot that's going to be the easiest way to do it we know they're dealing with limited bandwidth on the reward team they told us they're literally allocating more people to the reward team so they can give us more weapons next year in witch queen that means they're going to just punt here they're not they're not going to go they're not going to go big um so i i would say um I would say that that's going to be the sad reality of it is we're not really going to get the true version of the weapons. Um, if the D1 weapons come out with Rampage Dragonfly perks, nobody's going to use them. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to add new perks too to make them kind of stand out and be stronger or whatever. Would they possibly move them later then? I, I don't know. I truly don't know what they're going to do, man. I really don't zero clue Gilly in the mist from Robert do you find it odd that stasis was only added to bosses and not to fallen as a whole it doesn't seem that stasis will be added as another element type to energy and or power weapons I just probably finally realized why they haven't done this it would be really annoying because of the frequency with which it would happen it would be really really annoying if enemies could constantly shoot and slow you down. So stasis would have to basically exist on other enemies and maybe other weapons and just be another element rather than an effect. Does that make sense? Like stasis isn't just an element. It's an effect. You you use the grenade launcher or your stasis abilities and you're slowing and freezing. And so if you suddenly got like a legendary hand cannon that shot stasis rounds instead of solar rounds, well, that would mean it would literally it would literally just be an element rather than an effect. Um, the effect doesn't have to proc. Right. And at that point, again, it would then be like all of the other elements. So if you start getting shot by a vandal with an arc weapon, it would literally just affect... I guess the burn maybe if there was like a, if there was like a stasis burn on the on the on the the strike or whatever uh so 
I, it would it would literally just be another elemental burn in the game. It wouldn't actually be like how they've designed it. Am I okay with that? Yes, I'd be okay with that. I was kind of disappointed that stasis we didn't get stasis weapons. Um, there's no enemies with stasis shields. I thought it was time to go back to you know the primary, secondary, heavy, and the true elemental primary. You know what I mean? Like I I, I thought that was uh, was was necessary. So, uh, Phoenix Huck. How much impact will revives tokens make in Vog? We yeah, we just talked about that. I'm I'm not I don't have a problem with the tokens. You want to limit the revives of the team, but I don't like the timer. So listen, if if you guys haven't pressed like yet, pre- please do that. We only need about sixty more, and we'll roll over to a thousand likes. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please also do that. About half of the viewership every day does not subscribe to the channel. That helps the channel grow. I will not overwhelm your sub feed. I only do live streams Monday through Friday. We record these segments and upload them to a separate channel. Channel, so I won't I will not uh, will not obliterate your sub feed if you're looking for these uploads use the videos command in chat and you can subscribe to that channel over there usually around this time when I end Q&A a lot of people leave because this is kind of your morning show vibe and once I finish Q&A you're kind of done for the day keep in mind I keep streaming and we keep hanging out we may do VIP call-ins we are going to end up over on repeat theater to discuss uh, civil war that's our other channel uh, going forward into the new year we're always going to have a morning session and an afternoon session and I'd love for you to stick around and be a part of that as always if you're listening to the recording elsewhere please like share and subscribe <laughs>